Okay, well, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Deuteronomy 18, okay? Deuteronomy chapter 18. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. So it's the fifth book uh, of, in the Bible going back to the Old Testament, of course, and this is Deuteronomy chapter 18. We're going to see some neat things tonight. This evening, we're finishing the study. It seems sort of like we just started it. And, you know, I remember put, trying to put this together. And by the way, it's taken, taken me a long time to put it together because I had never, I've taught angels and demons in a different way that was like a, like 11 or 10 lessons, and they were very short. And this, of course, is four, 13 lessons, and this is, you know, long, 40-something minutes per class and everything as far as the st- teaching time. And, and this has been, I, I, I'm amazed at how much is there. I, and as I started digging it, I kept seeing more and more and more and more, and so it's kind of, kind of exciting. We're 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 looking at this thing called angels and demons. It's a unique study. We're looking at details of these spirit beings created by God, and I think the thing that's sort of weird is that there are these spirit beings that are in this room even now. There is a spiritual warfare that we don't see, we can't see. We know it's there. The Bible talks about it. And so there are these beings, and they're found all over the Bible. From the beginning to the end, there are these, these angelic beings. We've seen, if you want to, under your introduction, I said there's good angels. And what do they do? They serve God and what? Serve God and man. They serve us. And we know that the angels are, are God's ministering spirits, the, the, uh, the, the good angels especially. And then when we think about the good angels, they also serve us. At the same time, there's bad angels, sometimes called demons, and they oppose God and man. And that's what they do. They're in opposition to God, led by Satan, who is the prince of the power of the air, who is a leading, uh, we might say the leading bad angel, and he's got other angels with him. Whether it's a third of the uh, angels that fell, we just don't know. That verse sort of indicated that. And so we started looking at good angels and how they serve God and how they worship God and serve man. And then then we saw for a long time uh, the bad angels. And we said that we would look first at Satan. And we saw all kind of lessons on Satan, and he's the prince of the demons, he's the fallen angel, he rebelled in pride against God, everything, he's opposed to God, a man for the unbeliever, he never wants the unbeliever to trust Christ, I think um, a great truth is just remember this, that Satan loves religion, you know, you, when you think about Satan, you think how evil he is, and he hates anything to do with God or the Bible and all that, no, what he loves is religion. He wants people to think that doing good works and doing things somehow gets them to God. I've got some books that Billy brought me because somebody uh, was on campus handing these things out. And this is a false religion right here. Do you see this? This is, this is Hinduism. And, and this is written by His Divine Grace. I can't pronounce the name. It's like 19 syllables. But anyway, this is, this is a false religion right here. He loves this. This is called the science of self-realization. This is the, the, the nectar of instruction. Uh, this is, so we'll talk about this, but he loves that. He loves Buddhism, he loves Hinduism, he loves Islam, he loves anything. He loves it when, when people say in Christianity, if you don't do good works, you're not saved. He loves that just as much because religion is man trying to get to God by doing something. And true Christianity is not religion. Christian, true Christianity is God-pleasing God. God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. So we never want to forget that. And so uh, Satan loves, he would love for an unbeliever never to trust Christ and to always think that they could do something to get to God. And then the second thing is for believers, he never wants us to serve. He wants us to be so tied up in everything else. And by the way, we're going to look at it. When we look at the occult tonight, 
There, there are many people in the occult, tied into the occult, don't even realize it. And they don't realize that it pulls them away from God. And we'll talk more about that as well. And all he cares about is that as a believer, that you never get on fire. You never, you're never living for Christ. You're never cheering your faith. You're never growing. You never come to studies. You never dig the Bible. That's, that, he just says, yeah, just kind of be over there and exist. It's too late because you already trusted Christ and you have eternal life. But you'll just never serve, and that's his plan. And so then last week, we began looking at demons. And the demons are the fallen angels. And what we did is we looked at three diff big sections. If I've got it right there, it's demons. One, two, and three. Number one is we, got, we looked at the background of demons. And we talk about who they are. They were created by God as well, and they fell with Satan and sort of that kind of thing. Then we looked at what I call three areas, and we looked at religions, cults, and you just put that under number two. We just looked at three big areas, and we called it the religions, the cults, and the occult. And we didn't finish it all. We got the religions and cults last time, and this time we're going to look at the occult. And when you get that written down, the third thing is we're going to look at the destiny of the angels, both good and bad. We already know what it is. We've seen it over the course of the weeks. We know what the destiny of the bad angels is. We know what the destiny of the good angels is. But I think it might be fun when we when we see it tonight, the occult. And I, I want interaction. If you want to give me some interaction, we want some interaction tonight because I want to talk about some different things and that you give me some of your interaction as far as we talk about this part. The word occult means something hidden. That's what the word means. And so we'll talk more about it in a minute and uh, we'll see how it all fits together, we see the dangers of the occult. Uh, the, the occult is in our newspaper. The occult, I get, I, I, we, I get the, uh, I get the Daily Oklahoman and Stillwater News Press. I get the Stillwater News Press for the reason of seeing if any of your pictures are in there so I can cut them out. That's why I get that paper. It's got the occult in it. Also, yeah, I, I got, I get, uh, also with that newspaper, but I also get the Ocali. It's got the occult in it. Yeah, the horoscope. We'll talk about it in a minute, but there are all kinds of things there. So let's, let's, uh, let's think about it. Now, Tom Donahoe sent something to me, and the headline read, Two Middle School Girls Arrested for Plotting to Kill Classmates. Okay? Two middle school girls arrested for plotting to kill their classmates and drink their blood. The girls were arrested in the bathroom at the middle school. The girls had planned to kill the smaller students, cut their throats, eat their flesh, drink their blood, and then stab themselves. They hoped they would make themselves the worst sinners so they could die and go to hell and be with Satan. They devised this plan as they had been watching a number of scary movies at their home, and the girls were found in the bathroom with four knives and a pizza cutter. How could this happen? What could, how could it happen to... 12, 13, 14-year-old girls that they want to go be with Satan. They want to they wanna kill people, and by killing people, be so bad that they kill themselves and think that being so bad would automatically put them with Satan because they want to be with Satan. How could this happen? Well, it's part of this goes back to the occult and all of those kind of things. And when, what do you think of when you hear the word occult? We immediately think of like devil worship or Satan or something evil like that because that's the occult aspect. But there's much more to it. There, you just turn on the TV and there's that something, some, what is it, the New England, not New England psychic, what is it that's on TV? Is it something psychic? New, yeah, Long Island medium, right? What is that? That's, that's some person that's going to tell you the future or going to tell you about your life. Or you can look at the horoscope or you've got lucky numbers or there's psychics or there's palm readers. There's astrology. There's tarot cards. There are all these things that are out there. And many Christians, what? 
Ghost Hunters? Okay, uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, Ghostbusters, who are you going to call? But anyway, the bottom line, bottom line, many Christians make fun. We make fun of some of this stuff. But it's not anything to make fun about because it's dangerous. And we'll talk more about it as we get to it. Realize there are really only two spiritual realities. When you think about it, there's God and Satan. And God is good. When you think about it, down at the bottom, we got God is good and Satan is evil. And there's only two spiritual realms that there is. There's either, there's either the true God or there's the demonic influence. That's all you have. And so as you turn the page, we think about it. We think about either people are going to worship the true God or people are going to worship this. I didn't bring it. I've got, I've got a, a couple of books in my office which have pictures of some of the Hindu gods. And uh, here's some pictures like it. And there's somewhere, it's a half an elephant and a half a person. And then there's another one, it's a person who's got six arms and uh, all, all these different things. And then the front of this book, um, and we'll get into it, but this book shows reincarnation. Here's a person, and they they die, and then the big circle of life of the thing that's and then reincarnated, they come back again as something else. Of course, they don't put in the book that you might come back as a bug or, or a cow, but they put it that way. So there's reincarnated. There's, so all this stuff is out there. And so either there's the worship of the true God, or there's worship of, of falseness. And it, I don't call Satan false god. Now, we say there are false gods because people worship them, but there's only one god. Satan is not a god. Satan is what? He's an angel, you know, and he's actually a, a demon. We realize it's, that we're in a fallen world in a spiritual battle. Ephesians chapter 6, we're stru- our, flesh, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against principalities, against world forces of wickedness and dark places and heavenly places. So there is a spiritual battle. Now, in these last lessons, we have seen false religions, cults that's changed Christianity, and the occult. So tonight, the occult. And if you want to, there's two things I want you to look at when we think about the occult, because it comes from the Latin word occultus. And the Latin word occultus, and that's not number one, but the, it means hidden or secret. So when you say the occult, what you're actually saying is, I want to talk about something that's secret, something that's hidden, Okay. And we'll talk about it. So number one, the occult deals with secret things. That's number one. The occult deals with secret things. And number two, there are supernatural things dealing with demonic forces. There are supernatural things. When you say supernatural, that's just beyond ordinary. Supernatural things dealing with demonic forces. Now, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to give you some occult things. Just listen to this. Uh, You ready to listen? Witchcraft, magic, palm reading, fortune telling, Ouija boards, tarot cards, Satanism, crystals, crystal balls, and there's other, there's so many more. I haven't even got to yoga or horoscopes, right? And we'll talk about it. There's a spiritual world that is evil. There is a Satan. There are the fallen angels. Josh McDowell said this. He said, playing around with the world of the occult can lead to serious repercussions. We need to be aware of the satanic realm, but not be involved with it. So one of the teaching of this class of angels and demons is not so we'd get into this, but just so you would understand the spiritual battle we're in and what is out there. And what is dangerous and why Satan doesn't want you to grow as a Christian. He doesn't want you to grow. And what he's trying to do and that thing. Uh, F.W. Thomas, who wrote in a book called The Kingdom of Darkness, he told of a husband and wife team who decided they would join a satanic cult 
so a satanic group, so that they could get firsthand information. But they, it says they had to leave because they were too frightened by what they saw. They got involved in it and became it became uh, horrible for them. So it's best to stay away and leave the devil to God, right? And that's the best thing. We saw it when we talked about living as a Christian and standing strong is to put on the armor of God. What's the key word in dealing with the devil? Humility. So you humble yourself, you come under the authority of God, you put on the armor of God, and you stand, and you let God deal with it. So there are three areas we want to talk about, and I'm going to divide them into different things. But A is astrology. And you don't have to write this down beside it, but astrology is going to deal with horoscopes, the stars, and UFOs. Okay, that's all under A. We're going to talk about those things. We're going to talk about UFOs. What are UFOs? You think the people from another planet come into the come into this world? The answer is no. Okay, we'll talk about it. Okay, number B is fortune telling. Fortune telling. You know, I can still remember as a kid and uh, watching uh, Lon Chaney as the Wolfman. Did anybody ever see that movie, the original movie? Oh my gosh, that was scary. And that and he wandered into that tent and and there was that gypsy woman and she had her crystal ball. You know, and I thought crystal ball. So when we think about fortune telling, we're going to think about Ouija boards and palm readers and divination and tarot cards and crystal balls and channeling and seances. We'll just talk about some of those things, okay? You don't have to write all that down. We'll talk about it. And then C, we're going to talk about witchcraft and devil worship. Sounds silly, but there's a thing called Wiccan. What is Wicca? It's, the, it's, the, it's demonic worship, worship of Satan and those kind of things. So, here's a question as we start. Why is there so much of the occult? What's going on there? People are turning away. And what's happened, especially in the United States, is people are turning away from materialism. There's empty. They want something spiritual. They don't necessarily turn to biblical Christianity. That's what's sort of sad. Instead of turning to biblical Christianity, they turn to anything else that they can think will help them be spiritual. They turn to the, to the, to the supernatural. The University of California at Berkeley awarded its first degree in magic, and we're not talking about magic like a magician guy. We're talking about magic, satanic type magic. Uh, people want answers to life's questions. Who am I? What's my future? Astrology will chart your future. Ouija board will answer your questions. The medium will let you talk to the spirit world. And if you think there's not a spiritual world to be talked to, you're in trouble already. <clears throat> There is a spirit world. This is a sign of the times. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, But the Spirit explicitly says in latter times, Some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. This is the fallen world. This is what we live in. We live in a fallen world. What does it, is it wrong? Do, does the, what does the Bible say about the occult? Did I tell you to turn to what? Deuteronomy 18? Look at verse 9. This is God warning. If you think the occult is new, it's not new. It goes all the way back to Adam and Eve, okay? The occult, this whole demonic stuff. So look what he says to the nation of Israel when they were getting ready to go into the land. Deuteronomy 18, verse 9. When you enter the land which the Lord your God gives you, you shall not learn to imitate the detestable things of those nations. Well, what are the detestable things? There shall not be any found among you anyone who makes a son or daughter pass through the fire. There was a God called Molech, and they burned their kids up. One who uses divination. What's divination? 
He's trying to figure out the future. One who practices witchcraft. One who interprets omens. Or a sorcerer. Or one who casts a spell. Or a medium. Or a spiritist. Or one who calls up the dead. For whoever does these things is detestable to the Lord. And because of these detestable things, the Lord your God will drive them out before you. You shall be blameless for your Lord your God. One of the reasons he said he got rid of the, the pagan nations... The, the Canaanite nations were destroyed by Israel because of their demonic influences. That's one of the reasons they were gone. When people say, why would God kill all those people? They, the nation of Israel came in there and was supposed to remove them all. And he said, don't go in there and practice their practices. And the nation of Israel did go in there, did not destroy them all, and did follow after some of their things. And that's the reason God removed the nation of Israel from the land in, in uh, you know, 722 under the Assyrians and in 585, 605, 585 under the Babylonians. Why did he remove them from the land? Because they turned away from the true God and worshipped false things. By the way, after the nation of Israel came back from the captivities, they've never gone off to false worship again. Now, they reject the Messiah, but they're not into the occult and this false worship, not, not the normal Jew. Now, the, most of the modern Jew is mostly secular. You go to Tel Aviv, you're not gonna, they, they don't look any different than anybody else. They, they, don't, they don't even know when it's Friday or Saturday. Okay? So anyway, so let, let's talk about, let's start with astrology. And when we say astrology, we're talking about the horoscope and, and stars and UFOs. And the contrast between astronomy and astrology. Astronomy is the study of the stars and the universe and the heavenly bodies. There are astronomers everywhere. And they look up and they can tell you, you know, Orion. And they can tell you all the different star patterns and the Milky Way and everything. Now, that, there's nothing wrong with that. They're just studying. Now, astrology is the practice of determining life's patterns using the stars. So astrology is looking at the stars, not to study the stars, but determine life's patterns. So astrology is saying, I can tell by when you were born, what stars are connected with you, we can tell about your life. That's what astrology really is. And it's everywhere because what's the main, what's the main way in which astrology is made known? Through the hor through the what? Horoscopes. I started to bring it. I should have brought both papers. I've got paper right now. We could say, okay, what's one of the things people used to say? What's your sign? Sign of what? There's a sign of the horoscope. Of the, there's tw wasn't it 12? I mean, I don't keep up with that stuff. But, you know, you were born, you were, I'm a Leo. I'm a Leo. What does that mean? Well, Leos are this way. Why? Because you were born under certain star patterns. And the way the stars aligned is going to tell you about you. And that's what it says. How does it work? It assumes the influence or the position of the stars and the planets has a direct influence upon people and events. Oh, that's what, yes? Are birthstones same? No, like a birthstone, like a, a diamond or a, no, I, no. This is, this is the occult and this is saying because of certain, certain times you were born based on the patterns of the stars, then that's going to have an influence on your life and you can tell about the future, you can tell about your life, and so you read, what does a horoscope say? Now, we all know that they're, they're all fake. When I say fake, somebody's writing those things, but it's a demonic influence behind the whole thing, and it's very general, like, you'll have a wonderful day 
today and you'll meet someone you've never met before. Well, hi, yeah, that happened. Yeah, I, I'm, this is Joe. It came true, you know. I never knew Joe before. Well, yeah, how many times do you meet somebody? Uh, so this is called the horoscope. The key question, what's your sign when you were born? Stars and planets align and cause these events of your life. What does the Bible say about this? Okay? I just wrote down for you Isaiah. You don't have to read but Isaiah 47, 13 through 15. Listen to this. You are wearied with your many counsels. Let now the astrologers, those who prophesy by the stars, those who predict by the new moon, stand up and save you from what will come upon you. Now God's making fun. God's already told the nation of Israel and Isaiah that he's going to judge them. And so they're going to the astrologers. He says, okay, get the astrologers to tell you about what's going to happen to you. And then in Deuteronomy chapter 4, he says, And beware, lest you lift up your eyes to heaven and you see the sun and the moon and the stars the host of heaven, and be drawn away and worship them and serve them, those which the Lord your God has allotted to all peoples under heaven. He's warning us. Listen, I remember it's been about 20 years ago, but I remember one, one morning, uh, it, no, it was one a- afternoon, we had gone out to the old running thing, and we saw these people obviously from a eastern country like India, and they were worshiping the sun. As the sun was going down, they were worshiping the sun. And I wanted to say to them, hey, uh, I see you like the creation. I can tell you about the creator. And so he says the sun, the moon, the stars, the Bible condemns this. Listen, so if you think it's funny to say, what's your horoscope? Let me read it every day. It's a mess. Don't get. In, I'm just. Here's the warning. Don't get involved with the occult in any way, shape, or form. And uh, at the top of the next page, there's there's some dangers. Three dangers. And, and I just put the, the, dealing this. We're dealing here with the horoscope aspect and with the stars aspect. And that it, it, there's a false number one. A false system that looks at the creation rather than the creator. It's a false system that looks at the creation rather than the creator. I mean, do you actually believe that because the day you were born and the why the stars were aligned, that that's going to have an influence on your life? Do you believe that? You, of course you don't believe that. You know that there's one God who created everything and he created you and he loves you and he has a plan for your life and he's working all things according to the counsel of his will and you have great freedom and you make decisions and you're not bound by some star when you were born or some pattern. It's just not. So number one, it's, it's a false system. Uh, Romans one twenty five says, They exchange the truth of God for a lie and worship and serve the creature rather than the creator. That's Romans one twenty five. The second danger is lives are based on fate and chance predetermined by stars. Lives are based on fate and chance predetermined by stars. What do the stars say? What, what's, what's, what's your life going to be? I don't know because whatever, you know, whatever how the stars line up, I just thank my lucky stars. You ever heard somebody say that? Where do you think it comes from? Number three, there's a loss of money in time. <laughs> it co- people pay money to find out these kind of things and they waste their time and all kind of things like that. So let's just start with that one. And if you, if you, think reading the horoscope is is just a joke, 
I would stay away from anything that has to do with the occult because it's occultish. It, it, you're actually, yeah, yeah, Dan. Well, once again, we laugh and say it doesn't mean anything, but could it? And could somebody who put that in there, or could there somebody who actually opens that up says, maybe there's something to this? Yeah, they have lucky numbers on the back. They do. They do. Well, I haven't got rich yeah, no, yeah, and, and you know, here's what we did with our Sarah will tell you. Here's what we did. We would if we go to a Chinese restaurant and the girls were little, we would open them up and and we'd say, "Let me read your Sarah," and they'd say, "Children, obey your parents in all things." <laughs> and we did that, and Sarah would go, "We always get the same one." I said, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> Okay, so I don't, don't put much stock in those. Okay, now, let's talk for a minute about UFOs. Do you think that based on what we know from Scripture, that God so loved the world, that God created the heavens and the earth and the stars and names them all and created our world and deals with this world and sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins, do you think that when people talk about UFOs, which is just an unidentified flying object, nobody knows exactly what it is, what are those things? Are there people coming from other planets? Are there beings coming from other planets? Well, if you think that, if you said maybe there are, then what does that tell us about God? Is this real here then? If, if there are other planets or otherwhere else, did Jesus go to other places? Or maybe there is no God. Maybe this. Maybe there's just, you know, it's like Star Trek and there's people all over the, the universe. And you know, here's what's amazing. There's never been a sighting of a UFO in which, never, never, look it up, in which the people looking have said there's something coming from way out, we see it coming. It is coming into our atmosphere. There's never been that. Never. What happens is suddenly there's something flashing out some window of an airplane and they see it. Or there's something. But, and then it disappears or it goes real fast. You know what that is, don't you? That's demons. That's demons taking the, that's demons taking the focus off the true world and the true God. And so somebody could say, let me ask you this. What if, you could say this. But JB, there's, there's just thousands of stars and 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 gosh it's so big and surely and you say well you know God always does things big right I mean did he give just enough oxygen that if you breathe in too deep somewhere else in the world doesn't have enough oxygen oh my god breathe back out please you know right or uh, are there flowers on tops of mountains you'll never see are there, is, there, is there things in the ocean that we'll never find that are so beautiful? How many plants and animals and things that God created that we'll never see? He always does more than expected. So when he created a universe, he's not going to put a little bitty universe. It's going to be a gigantic universe. Or, let me say it this way, it may just look gigantic. You never know. Okay. Huh? Well, that we 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 believe there's this earth and that's it. So UFOs, I think, are demonic, is what they are. Yes. 
Well, th there's several ways. Let me bring that point up. It's a great point. How is the world going to, when, when Jesus comes in the clouds and in the moment of twinkle of an eye, we're all gone, how will the world describe that? Some will say that beings from outer space came and got us all, killed us all. Some will say, I think a false religion will say, that we were evil and God destroyed us all. And they're the true religion. That's what I think will happen too. So anyway, does any other input on UFOs? I just think that if you really want to see it, it's anything to get the attention off the true God, right? Because if you think there's a whole bunch of other stuff out there, then you begin to say, well, I wonder if this is really what's right. I, I don't know what you're saying, but anyway, whatever it is, I bet it's right. I don't know. I, 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 that's probably a cowboy thing, and I, I'm not a cowboy. But anyway, okay. Uh, now, let's move to the next thing, okay? How about fortune-telling? Now, let me tell you what's in fortune-telling. There are going to be things like Ouija boards, palm readers, divination, tarot cards, crystal balls, channeling, seances, all of those things deal with fortune telling. So, so what is it? And once again, Deuteronomy 18, 9 through 11, when you enter the land, don't do that. He says, don't use divination, don't use witchcraft, don't use omens, don't cast a spell or mediums or call up the dead or tell the fortune. And so that's what people do. And you see it over and over and over. Saul, the first king of Israel, didn't know what to do. Because God rejected him, because he rejected God. He did exactly what God told him not to do. And when he did, Samuel came, basically came to him and said, God's rejected you. And then later on, when he didn't know what to do, and he would pray to God, and God wouldn't even answer him, he went to a witch at Endor, a witch, and asked her to call up Samuel from the dead. And she did. And Samuel said, why are you bothering me? I've already told you, tomorrow you'll be where I am, because he was going to die the next day, and that's what happened. And so God says, don't... And it goes on to say this, First Corinthians, uh, First Chronicles 10.13, So Saul died for his trespass, which he committed against the Lord, because of the word of the Lord, which he did not keep, and also because he asked counsel of a medium, making inquiry of it. Saul died... One of the reasons he died is he disobeyed God, and the other reason he died was is he went to a medium, to a witch. Yeah. Yeah, First Chronicles uh, ten thirteen. Yes. I think he was saying, let me tell you what I think. I didn't even want to go into the passage, but he goes to this witch to bring up from the dead. I don't think she could do that. I don't think she could really bring up Samuel, but I think God raised Samuel up on purpose because when she saw Samuel, she screamed. The witch did. She never had seen anything like this. So she screams, and then Samuel looks, basically says to Saul, why did you wake me up, so to speak, Tomorrow you'll be with me. And so I don't think that she did it. I think God did it. But now, she could probably bring up some demonic stuff, but she didn't bring up the real Samuel. I think God did. Uh, but that's kind of a different story. But just, just the fact that he went to a median was bad. So let's talk about some fortune-telling things for a minute. Number one, there's a thing called palmistry, P-A-L-M-I-S-T-R-Y, P-A-L-M-I-S-T-R-Y, which is palm reading which is divination using the shape and markings of the hand. There are people who will say, hold out your hand. 
You have a long life. Where's that? What is that? Think about that. Think about what that is. And then there's another thing called cartomacy. C a r t o m a n c y. C a r t o m a n c y. And this is using things like cards, like tarot cards. T a r o t. Y'all know what the tarot cards are? They're these cards that they flip them over and they have certain things and they'll say, oh, that means you will have, the, you know. And so they try to tell your future by using cards. Now, all you want to do, just, just do it one time, but don't follow through. Just go to your computer and put in destiny cards. It will come up, Christian people using cards to tell the future. And they put the name of God on it, and they're saying, oh, this is, this is from God. We're using cards to tell, help you tell the future, tell what your card number is, and all that kind of thing. They're called destiny cards, and they're saying it's from God. It is not. So don't mess with it. But just, just for you to see it, just if you want to put your computer, put destiny cards, watch what comes up. Okay, stay away from that the stuff. But I, did, you maybe shouldn't even do it. But uh, there's so much mess in there. Okay, here's the third one: Ouija boards. Okay, a Ouija board. O u i j a. Isn't that how you spell it? O u i j a. And crystal balls. Put them together. What is a Ouija board? What does it do? What's it got on it? It's a board. What does it got? Letters. It's got letters and yes and no and other things. Now, have you? How many? Okay, how many of you have ever played with a Ouija board? Okay, I mean, you wish you'd never played with a Ouija board. Okay, I have to tell you the story. Okay, remember, I didn't go to church, so I'm not a Christian. My twin sister's not a Christian. Her boyfriend, we don't know whether he's a Christian or not. We don't know. This is where I'm 16, 17 years old, and we had a Ouija board. I don't know where we got a Ouija board. We probably got it for Christmas. We probably said, we want a Ouija board. Everybody has Ouija boards. That's what we thought. And what you're supposed to do is put your hands on the Ouija board, either by yourself or with somebody else. <laughs> And then you ask a question, and like if you it's an ask yes or no question, you say, "Am I going to get a hundred dollars?" No, you know it's going to always go with you. It's just going to take, or it'll spell out something like say, "Where are you?" and it'll spell out something. Okay, so we thought it was a game, and so my twin sister and I, and my, she's my twin sister, so much nicer than me. So let me just so we we decided to try it. So we put our hands on it and we asked like a question. And all of a sudden, it started moving. And she said, are you moving it? I said, no, I'm not moving it. Are you moving it? No, I'm not moving it. We weren't moving it, but it was moving. Some people say, oh, you just put your hands on it, and they kind of get tired, and it automatically moves. But we started asking some questions. And then it started spelling out words that I can't even say to you in this room. And it started, it started saying things that I would never want to say to you, what that said to us. And at first I said, are you doing this? And she said, no. And I said, are you doing this? No, I, I'm not. I mean, it spelled out bad words. It spelled out saying things. So we picked it up and threw it away. Listen, that didn't come from us. I don't even know some of those words at that time. I, the things it said were something I would never say. I would never even think. Um... So let me just tell you something. A Ouija board is not a game. It opens you up to what? Demonic spirit world. You've got to be really careful. Crystal balls. People say, you know, you look into this crystal ball and, and all those kind of deals. You just got to be really careful 
with all that stuff. Uh, you just you just don't need to be around it at all. I, I've got palm readers, divination, tarot cards, crystal balls, channeling. There was a woman I did a study back when I did a study on the cults. There was a woman, I forgot her name now, and she channeled uh, a person that was like 400 years old. And she would sit there in this the spirit of a 400-year-old man would come into her and answer questions for people, and he would pay her money. Now, we'd say, oh, she's a fraud, but there are things coming out of her that we'd go, that doesn't seem normal. And, and th- this happens. There are people out there right now that if you went somewhere and said, I want to get a seance, I want to get to somebody who's a channeler, I want to get to somebody who can bring up the dead, there are people out there who are involved in that stuff, and it's demonic. The last one, number four, is, uh, is, did I get number four? Number three it was, um, was the Ouija board and crystal balls and everything. Number four is psychometrics, P, uh, P-S-Y-C-H-O-M-E-T-R-Y, and that is that you touch a pers- an object of a person and then you can tell something about them. That's the person that says, I, do what? It's P-S-Y-C-H. O-M-E-T-R-Y. That's the best I can spell it with dyslexia. It may not even be right. Huh? Number three was Ouija board. What's channeling? No, that was just, I just put that, I just threw that in there. I just threw that in there. I just channel that and right on in, baby. Huh? Okay, this last, this one is that you have a, you can touch an object of a person and then you can identify things. That would be, hold this person's uh, purse. Okay, this person is this and they're this. And, and that's it, just all that kind of weird stuff. All aspects of fortune telling and these kind of deals are wrong. The Bible says that God is in control. He says, don't be anxious for anything. By prayer and supplication, let your request be made known. Matthew 6 says, don't worry about today. God takes care of it. Uh, how many of you have ever heard of Gene Dixon? If you're older, you've heard of Gene Dixon. Gene Dixon was a fortune teller in my day when I was in college. And her name was Jean Pickert. And uh, she was born around the turn of the last century in Wisconsin. In her middle years, in her 30s, she met a woman who gave her a crystal ball, and she began this psychic career. She believes she has the prophetic gift from God to tell the future. And she wrote a book, and it's called, the book was called The Glory. And it was her belief that God had given her the gift of prophecy. Now, could, can God or does God give people the gift of prophecy sometimes? Throughout the Bible, there are prophets. Now, what did God say was the test of a prophet? If you better not be wrong once, right? And technically, an Old Testament prophet, if you were wrong once, they, that happened to you. They put you to death. Okay, so I remember uh, when I was in college at Delta State, Gene Dixon was going to speak. The whole place filled up because we thought she was going to come tell all these fortune things. Well, she didn't. She just talked about how to, how to get good grades and everything. So about halfway through, most people got up and left. But I want to give you some of her predictions, okay? She predicted that World War III would begin in 1954. Did she miss that one? She did. She predicted that the Vietnam War would end in 1966. It ended in 1975. On October 19, 1968, she predicted that Jacqueline Kennedy would not remarry. The next day, Jacqueline married Aristotle Onassis. 
Okay, so she's, she's, what, what happened to her if she was, a real, she was a prophet from God? She'd be dead. She predicted that Castro would be overthrown from Cuba and leave the island. This was back in the 60s. Uh, he, you know. She predicted that Russia would be the first people to put men on the moon. She's wrong. She's wrong on all those. She's wrong on a lot of things. Uh, it's, just like, it's just like there are even Christian people who, who get all warped out. There was a guy in 1988... And he wrote a book, said, 88 reasons why Jesus Christ will come in 1988. And he had all these reasons. And he was wrong. And so what he did? They didn't come in 19... Did he come? He didn't come. So guess what? He said, I was off a year. So he wrote, 89 reasons why Jesus Christ will come in 1989. He didn't come then either. Okay. So there are people who make predictions. That guy didn't claim to be a prophet. He just said God had told him, you know, when he was going to come and... Of course, he missed it. And, of course, when you miss it, you go, I guess I missed it. I guess, no, no, you didn't just miss it. You're not a prophet. And so be careful. There's, so that's Gene Dixon. The last one is witchcraft. And you got to be, this is, this is it's dangerous stuff. Witchcraft, magic. What do you think of when you hear the word magic? Look, i got a friend who's a pastor and a magician. Now, he doesn't say it's magic. He said, this is, this is illusionist. This is sleight of hand. The, I'm not, he says, I'm not doing anything that's magic. I... I'm just can do things, and he can take things in his hands. And, do, and you can't find it. It's like right there, but you can't find it. And, you just, and then all of a sudden, he'll just pull it out, and he'll do this. He, he is amazing. He was my college roommate when he first started. I remember when he first started learning to do this. And, I mean, he's, he could come in here, and we would just laugh and have a great time because he would just do all kinds of things. But he says, I'm not a magician. I'm an illusionist. I just fool you, but I'm not doing anything. But there are people who deal with magic. And when we say magic, we mean something like uh, the things with the demonic and those kind of things. You ever heard of black magic, right? And all the occult and witchcraft. In our country, we don't think about witches. But in, in the last three decades, in both America and Western Europe, there's a resurgence of paganism. By the way, witchcraft and paganism go together. Paganism is basically saying that the world is what God is, you know. And they tie that back in. And there's a revival of the gods and goddesses. Witchcraft is a generic term. It comes from Wiccan. Uh, it, it, in the United States, it started in a movement in, in, in 1884 uh, of witchcraft again in the modern, what we call the modern world. Uh, I used to have a book because Wiccan, when I, was, when I used to be on campus at the, what they call the Association of University Ministers, one of the group was a Wiccan group. And they were witches. And they, they see this. The, the the when we think of the Association of University Ministers, we're not talking about Christian ministers. It's anybody that says that they have a spirit thing and they want to be on that campus. So you could have anybody in that group, and there were witches in the group called Wiccan. They call and uh, and because I, when they got into the group, I would have said, I don't think I need to be in this at all. I mean, I can go on campus anytime I want to. I don't have to be in this group to be on campus. But witchcraft, uh, three things that deal with this thing. Number one is animism, A-N-I-M-I-S-M. That means there's a life force in all creation. There's a life force in all creation. That the earth, the earth itself is the mother goddess. In fact, uh, I forgot the name, y'all. It's Atira, no, uh, uh, Asiya. I can't remember what it's called, but there's a worship of the world that believes that the world is the mother goddess. Now, in animism and in witchcraft throughout history, Aphrodite, Diana, Artemis, Ashtaroth, Venus, those are all manifestations of a goddess 
who is the goddess of fertility, the goddess uh, that controls all kind of things. And by the way, in the latest study, about 45% of Americans believe there is power in objects like trees and crystals and everything. There's just power in those. And they're right about it. There is some bad power, but they think it's a good power. Uh, the second aspect of magic is pantheism, which means everything is God. Everything is God. That's part of witchcraft. Everything is God. And then the third thing is called polytheism, which y'all know what that means. Polytheism means there are many, many gods and goddesses. And witchcraft, when you first hear it, a lot of Wiccans say, oh, we don't worship Satan, we worship the earth. They worship the earth. Okay? And that's where you get stuff like this, where reincarnation and Hinduism and all those other things. I do need to... to uh, Throw out this deal uh, about yoga in just a second. I, I don't want to. I don't want to forget that. Okay, so uh, th- there is a there is Wiccan. There's witchcraft. There's demonic stuff. It's out there, and it's real. You know, it's real. Now, let me throw one other thing about yoga. I have people all the time say yoga. Yoga's nothing. Yoga is exercise. Well, what is yoga? Does anybody know really what yoga is? That's what we think it is. Yoga is a philosophical, uh, philosophical school of Hinduism. Yoga is Hinduism. You understand it? So when people say, well, I'm going to be involved in yoga or I take yoga classes, what you're actually saying is I'm taking classes dealing with Hinduism. And you say, no, 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 I just do exercises. Yoga in its context is one of the six schools of Hinduism. I got, I've got as much stuff. Here's this. Yoga is bound up in Eastern religious metaphysics and is not an innocent form of relaxing the body and mind. The goal of yoga is the same of Hinduism, which is realizing that one is Brahman, the underlying impersonal god of the universe in Hinduism. So when people actually get into yoga, they say, no, I'm just getting, you know, these... Uh, this and you know, this. And do you understand that those particular exercises and those particular stances go back to Hinduism and how to deal with false gods and how to call on gods in your life? Listen to this. The physical exercises of yoga are designed to prepare the body for a psycho-spiritual change uh, into a, taking a person into the consciousness and the, and the being of Brahman. Hence, the talk of separating yoga practice from theory is meaningless. For a Christian perspective, whether the two can safely be divided is doubted. People say, I just do yoga, but Hinduism is involved. is not correct. It is involved. Spiritual Counterfeits Project in Berkeley, California said, Yoga states, For it may suit the secular fancy to espouse that it only is physical, the yoga is to make the body beautiful, but the fact is physical yoga, yoga is bound up in the whole of Eastern religious metaphysics. The Hindu, word sans, the Hindu Sanskrit word yoga literally means yoked or in union. Who are you in union with? A Hindu god is who you're in getting. The goal of every Hindu yogi is to use the religious practices of yoga to lose their personality and individualism and become one with the monotheistic, pantheistic spiritual force of Hinduism. Yoga is actually a Hindu religion. And when people say it's nothing but exercise, they've got to be careful. Listen to what it says. It says, when... When one seeks to what the Hindus call kunandali, a religious force described as a coiled white 
serpent of light which lies at the base of the spine. Hindus believe that this can aid them in their transcendence to the impersonal spiritual monotheism. Thus for the Hindu, the physical postures of yoga are essentially keys to unlock the spiritual realm for the purpose of losing all attachment to the physical material world. And which they believe is so. Even though I'm, mean, I'm just saying to this, if I was somebody, I don't do yoga. If somebody said to me, "Do yoga," I say, "I'm not going to do yoga because yoga is actually Hinduism. I'll just do something else. I don't have to do yoga. If I want to stretch, I can stretch, but I don't have to do those particular forms because those particular forms are actually meant. If you if you study it, go look it up. Look it up and study it. I don't have the time to go through all this, but those forms and those positions are actually meant to connect you with the Hindu God. That's what they're for. So that's all I'm going to say about that, okay? So just be careful. Uh, that'd be like saying, well, a Ouija board doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. Well, it does mean something. Well, the fortune tellers aren't real. It does, you know, yoga's just exercise. Just be careful. That's all I'm telling you. Yes? You were going to share a story about some people you knew that did D&D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me throw that out. Um, when I went to Border, Texas, I was in seminary, and I went there for the summer to be the youth pastor. And when I got there, there were four guys that had grown up. I mean, when they started that church, these guys were two and three years old, and now they're 14 and 15 years old. They've grown up with that church. They're four guys that have been together. They're the best friends of life. And, I mean, they were inseparable. And when I got there, their parents came to me and said, something's wrong. And I said, what do you mean? He said, our, our sons, they, they're not friends anymore. I said, what do you mean they're not friends? They said, well, look, they've been friends all of their lives. And now they're getting in fights with each other. They're actually saying they hate each other. I said, what is going on? They said, well, you're new. See if you can talk to them. And, they, and so I got with them and I said, tell me what's going on, guys. And what they'd been doing is playing Dungeons and Dragons. And in Dungeons and Dragons, you become a particular piece. You know, you, you, it sounds like it's just some kind of game, but it's not. It's demonic. And when they got into that, they started hating each other. And before long, they, they, just, they were despising each other because of this game. Best friends for life. And so I told them, I said, you know what we need to do? Let's go burn this thing. And they threw it away. And now they've been, they've been, they're still friends the rest of their lives. They were friends the whole time I was there. I was there for two years. Uh, in fact, one of them that was in that group, his son plays in our band every Sunday. His son. He was, he was 10 then. His son is 20-something now. So that tells you how long ago it was. But I don't mess with that stuff. After what I saw the Ouija board do, what I've seen other people tell me that's happened in their lives... When we say occult and we say demonic stuff, we're not playing a game. What does he want to do with you? He wants to destroy you, and he'll do it any way he can. So, wow, wow. Uh, did I lose a page? So we got the big three, right? Animism, polytheism, uh, uh, pantheism, and polytheism. And uh, listen, it, it, it is everywhere. So let's... Um, I think I got a page out of it. I don't know. Oh, here it is. Yeah. Okay, so bottom line, the destiny of the angels. We already know what it is. What's the destiny? Okay, the destiny of the demons, Matthew 20.
541, they are cast in the lake of fire. The lake of fire was prepared for the devil and his angels. They're going to be separated from God forever. What were the good angels? Listen to this. This is why I love this. This is Revelation chapter 7. Just listen to this. You don't have to turn there. Revelation chapter 7. After these things, this is John. He says, After things I looked, and behold, this great multitude, which nobody could count, from every nation and all tribes and all people and all tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white. Now, who, who are all these people? Who are all these people? Believers. Believers. And who is the Lamb? Jesus Christ. And they had palm branches, and they were crying out with a loud voice, Salvation to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their face before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power to our God forever and ever. Who's around the throne with us? The good angels. They're going to be there. They're going to be around the throne. So that's, that's what they're going to be. So let's end this uh, with some applications. And this is sort of applications, um, sort of for the whole study, just sort of putting it together. And if you've got more questions or anything, we can talk about it later. But number one, understand the spirit beings called angels. That's the first application. Let's understand the spirit beings called angels. I mean, they're good angels that worship God and man. They're evil angels that are opposed to God and man. Know the different classes of angels. Name some different classes of good angels. Huh? Seraphim? Cherub, cherubs or cherubim? Michael the archangel? Yeah, there's all, there's all that stuff. Uh, the ministry of the good angels. We, we saw how they related to Jesus, how they related to the Father, how they relate to man. We've seen the ministry of the evil angels, how Satan, what he wants to do with all this. Number two, draw near to God so we can stand. This is a key. The way you stand is how? Humility. In humility, we're in a spiritual battle. Put on the, hum, uh, the armor of God. Humble ourselves under God's authority. We saw that. That's the only way you're going to have victory. Because it's all out there. It's all out there. Number three. Realize the plan of the evil angels. Realize the plan of the evil angels. What's the de devil's plan for the unbeliever? Never trust Christ. What's the devil's plan for the believer? Okay. What's the demon's plan for the unbeliever? To possess them. What's the demon's, de demon's plan for the believers? To influence us. And they can influence us any way you want to. Any way they want to. When we say, yeah, you, what's your horoscope? What's that, by the way, what's your sign? Why do you want to play around with that mess? I mean, why, we think, we, you know, it's, we act like it's nothing, but it's, it's something. Would you want your children to play with a Ouija board? Would you want them to go to a psychic? No. Would you want them to do a crystal ball? No. Would you want them to play with a horoscope? Would you want them to... I mean, just you start naming this stuff and you say, no, I don't want them to do with any of that. Realize the plan of the evil angels. And number four, realize... Huh? Farmer's Almanac. I don't know anything about a farmer's almanac. I don't know who writes it. I don't know where it comes up with. But it's... Uh, I just, I don't know. Uh, is I don't know. If we can just find that farmer, we could find out. 
and it doesn't, and that's not necessarily astrology or anything. That's just saying, look, this is the best time to plan. This is that kind of thing. Number four, realize the destiny of the angels. Evil angels where? Lake of fire. Good angels? Around the throne. So, good stuff. Okay, questions. Anything y'all want to throw out there? I, I, you know, I had I had the old eight. Didn't anybody have the eight ball? <laughs> and you'd, you you'd think it and you'd go, "Am I gonna get a car for?" Cr-? No. No. Yes, I'm gonna get a car. You know. Well, you know, if you think that there has something to do with that, that might be right. You're opening yourself up for what? Does God say, "Hey, just get an eight ball"? And try to predict the future? No, he says, trust me. There's a million things out there, aren't there? 